you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. When the Iron Lady sings, and that makes it official. That's how you know we are on the Chris Voss Show. We always appreciate you being part of the audience and tuning into us for 15 to 16 years now. Uh, we've been bringing you the CEOs, the billionaires, all the smartest people, the Pulitzer Prize winners, people in our government, uh, all the people who bring you their stories, their lessons of life, their journeys, uh, things that they learned the hard way so you don't have to learn them the hard way too. <laughs> How about that? And so they help you join the elite crowd of people that bask in what we call the Chris Voss Show Glow. As always, we just beg, plead, grovel that you will refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com forward slash Chris Voss, YouTube.com forward slash Chris Voss, that big LinkedIn newsletter that grows like a weed. And then what is it? The LinkedIn 130,000 group as well. Today, we have an amazing young man on the show with us today. Josh Green joins us. He's the CEO of the Mather Group. And we're going to be talking to him about what his digital agency does and uh, helping solving online reputation challenges for companies of all sizes. Josh is the CEO of the Mather Group LLC. He's been doing it with over 20 years of experience creating and implementing digital strategies. They em empower top brands and individuals to shape their online presence to support their bottom line. He builds relationships and designs and executes personalized SEO and paid media, Wikipedia, and Glassdoor strategies to meet each brand's unique needs. Welcome to the show, Josh. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. I was laughing a little bit on the Glassdoor strategy part because I've read a lot of bad Glassdoors. It's kind of almost a kind of almost becomes a fetish after a while when you can find some really really bad ones on the company. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please, sir. Oh, sure. I'm at the Mather Group LLC.com. So M A T H E R. So Mather. Yeah. And uh, give us a 30,000 overview of what you do over there. Sure. We're an online reputation management company. We help uh, high profile companies and individuals with how they are showing up in two places on their Wikipedia pages and how they're showing up in the Google search results, which, mm -hmm. as you can imagine, has a lot going on right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on. They have this new thing that they're doing where it's uh, is it like a profile page or something. Or is it, it's, it's but it's like a profile view and for some reason whoever's top in search is the one that gets it and everybody else gets screwed, which I, I guess is what you do is help people figure all that out. Yeah, what what you're probably seeing is is on the top right of a lot of the Google search results is what's called the knowledge panel and if you search on a name, yeah, Google's choosing sort of who it thinks is the person you're most likely to search for. So unfortunately, if you share a name with someone famous, they're probably getting top billing and anyone looking to find you probably has to drill down with a few adjectives describing where you, uh, what you do in order to get your, your information showing up. There you go. So you probably help people overcome that and fight their way possibly to the top then. 
Yes, yes. One of the big things that that uh, people are concerned about is is how they're showing up in in Google because it's essentially their business card. People just Google whoever they're going to be meeting and see what they can find out about them. Yeah, I used to have a client years ago named Billy Cox, and Billy Cox is and he's who's out of Texas. And Billy Cox is also the bassist for Jimi Hendrix's band. So have fun fighting with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have it with my own name too. There's a, a world famous professor author who shares the same name, and he's uh, he's out there. Now, is it cheaper to hire a hitman for that to fix that problem, or is it cheaper to work with companies like yours? I think it might actually be cheaper just to legally change your name if you were looking for a low cost, lower liability sort of situation. <laughs> All right. So I should probably call that hitman and ask for my money back. So in doing what you do, tell us a little bit of your history, how you got into this business, how you started your own company entrepreneur wise. Tell us a little bit about you and your upbringing, your hero's journey, if you will. Yeah, I started out as a as a techie out of college and joined Time Warner Cable up in Binghamton, New York, where they were launching the first high speed internet service Roadrunner back in the late 90s. And at one point, I got drafted into uh, managing the company website. And uh, so that was that sort of started out in IT. And then eventually, they traded both the server and me to marketing. And I became a, a marketing person overnight, which, which worked out well for me because marketing had free lunches every day. So I mean, that seemed like a, a good career choice at, at 22. And then sort of was in marketing until about seven years ago when we started the Mather Group. Mm -hmm. um, sort of a, a journey through a variety of corporate positions, was a VP of marketing at Time Warner Cable, Discovery Channel stores, a, a couple of portable storage companies, and thought that going out on my own, I could help companies with how they were doing with search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. And originally, I thought I was going to be working with, with e-commerce companies, uh, and it, it turned out that some time that I had spent in corporate communications, a lot of people were having trouble from a communication standpoint with what was being said about them on both Google and Wikipedia. So it's evolved to where that's now the focus of the agency. Mm -hmm. it, I remember several years ago, I don't remember how it was. It's been a long time. I'm old. But I remember for a long time, you know, being on social media platforms was a big deal. And then I believe Google switched their their uh, setup to where having a Wikipedia page gave you extra power. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, it, Wikipedia has definitely come to be seen as, as a powerful objective source. It's almost always going to rank in the top three in Google search results for anything. So, and, and it also is, is a lot of times the second stop for most people. You'll look at a company or a person's official page and then you'll go see what it says on wikipedia about them if, if they mm -hmm. have a page so both what's said on there can have a huge impact um, in terms of what's seen as the truth about your organization because it's getting syndicated to so many different places yeah it seems like it's it's almost something you have to have nowadays to really be competitive and really show up in search. So what are some of the latest trends in reputation <coughs> management these days? AI knows going to be coming along. What are, what are what are the trends you see happening? Yeah, I think that's the the biggest topic that everyone's wondering about because it's going to at some point have such an impact on so many different industries. 
Right now, from a reputation standpoint, it's pretty tricky to figure out exactly where all of that information is coming from. You're seeing a lot of a lot of articles about where all these large language models are being trained on. And what we're seeing is, is Wikipedia seems to be picking up steam in terms of the weight it's carrying because mm. you've got TikTok now using Wikipedia snippets for some of its search oh, really? results. You've got the Washington Post saying that the, the chat GPT, the second biggest source of training for it, was reading Wikipedia articles. So it's really interesting how it's evolving. I would, I would say probably the actual traffic to Wikipedia is probably down slightly, but the influence is, is continuing to grow just because of the way things are evolving. There you go. I know, uh, what's, the, what's the pissing match that Elon Musk has had with Wikipedia? What's his deal? Ah, is that, is that an issue out. with him and X and getting X into Google or something? I suspect he has one with Google and how they're they're ranking all of the different search results. Ah, um, yeah, he, had, there you he go. just had <laughs> apparently traffic from from X is driving a substantial amount of traffic or something, but uh, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how tied together so many different pieces of this ecosystem there are. Yeah, and how important it is, evidently. I was kind of wondering what the whole thing was about. I, I really haven't followed it, but it seems like it's a pissing match with everybody nowadays, including, I don't know, aliens on Mars or something. So I can't keep up with the Ken of mine cowboy. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, the other day on stage when he told everyone to F off, I mean, if if, if he wasn't high, I owe, some, I owe somebody money because I mean, I've never seen him. Pretty sure is high. So, how can you protect your brand on Google and do what you guys call digital reputation management? Do we need to send out armed guards and mount the uh, mount the battle stations? Yeah, six armed guards. You'd usually be playing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want you don't want to get into overkill. But one of the interesting things people tend to do is sort of assume that these things are set in stone. What is my Google search result for? my name and then just assume that that's not a living breathing result that can vary from location to location or even based on your search history and i think one of the things people overlook is oftentimes there are a number of different sites that you are on that'll show up in a google result about you so you might have a linkedin profile a personal website a a twitter x account or an instagram account and all of those things show up in Google and mm-hmm. you can control what your what your sort of squib or bio is. And what I've been fascinated to find recently is even, you know, some of the very big companies or billionaires that, you know, are on your show may very well have descriptions of themselves from like a decade ago or that an intern clearly <laughs> did when setting up a Instagram account was was, you know, challenging technically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the easiest things people can do is if you Google yourself and you see some results that aren't really congruent with who you are now, those are often easy fixes that in a day or two, you can have your search results looking a whole lot better. Really? You know, these are the things that, you know, people have these artifacts where they're not keeping up to date because they just, there's so many, there's so many crazy things to do. And, uh, and so the, yeah, they lose track of all this stuff. We get that with bios, like even the bios send get sent to the show. People are like, people are like, we're like, is that updated? They're like, oh, no, it's different now. And it's like, there you go. And so this is really important so that people can find you. You know, I, one of my pet stores that I have local, 
I, I, I had always driven by them. They were a little small shop. They were one per, one one store <coughs> shop. And I would always drive by them, but I can never remember the name. It was called Synergy, Synergy Pet Store or something like that. Synergy something. And I can never remember that word synergy for some reason. It would just never stick. I just wouldn't equate it with dog, you know, dog treats. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the problem. I mean, I certainly am able to remember PetSmart, but uh, maybe I'm just dumb, which is, I think most people can agree on that one. But I, I took a look at what was going on and uh, I couldn't find them. And I would ask Google, I'm like, hey, Google, what's up? Give me the pet stores and what's the pet smart over there in, in, in that one place on that one street? And they would be, and she wouldn't be able to find it. And I would be looking in through Google search results and I'm like, oh man, I, where is it? And I'm like, I know where it is. So I drove over there. So I drove over there a couple times and then I could never remember the synergy thing. And so I kept asking Google and it would never show up in the pet section, you know, whatever. And I couldn't remember the name of it. So, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't remember the name, but I was just remembering pet store. So I was just searching for local pet stores. And so finally I realized what, what it was is somehow they've fallen out of search. Mm. And so I went in and I told them, I says, you know, I don't know, but I think you guys may have fallen out of your Google search somehow because, um, because I can't find you in there. So, and I can't, I can't remember your name. So I just have to either remember your name or drive over here, but you may want to check on that. And sure enough, the next time I came back, they go, Hey, thanks for telling us. We didn't realize we changed our site or updated our site or something. And we didn't realize we weren't serving to Google somehow. And they're like, yeah. And we, we correlated with our, a, a direct traffic drop off of people coming into the store and our sales going down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it, it's one of the sort of running jokes. If you've been around long enough that, that you really haven't gotten your, your wings until you've accidentally taken an, an entire site offline. And unfortunately <laughs> there, there's a few buttons you can push or, or settings that you can configure wrong. And, and you can essentially tell Google not to, not to index your site, wow. which there, there might be reasons to do, but I would say it's probably 99% of the time someone forgets to flip a switch and, and knocks a site offline. So wow. we, yeah. just we just normally, we just normally, we just normally let one of the plugins that we don't update the plugins on the website. And then we just wait till one of them takes the website down. No, I'm just, yeah, no, that's a good strategy. We don't, we don't do that way. anymore. In the old days, in the old days they used to do that. You're like, oh, is that why you're supposed to update those things? There you go. I've, I've been on people's websites to see their back end, and I'm like, you know, you you haven't updated these plugins for like 15 years. That might be like a good... <laughs> I, mean, I hear good it's the best practice to do it every decade, so... Yeah, at least once a decade. There you go. So, uh, what what is something you can give our average listeners to that they can do next week, or this week, damn it, to improve their reputation? Yeah. So I think the first place I'd start is, is look at those results and look at those profiles you own and update your description on them. Not to, uh, to, to pick on the Chris Voss show, for example, but what the show's about when you Google could be a couple different things. It's one of those things that's, that's easy to update, you know, and, and no one ever does it, right? It's sort of the housekeeping you always mean to do. Uh, so I would say that's the starting point. The, the second thing that I think really people overlook is is oftentimes your LinkedIn bio shows up a lot of places. And for whatever reason, people forget to update that or really give Google something to work with in terms of the description of, of what they do professionally. And there have been a lot of people I know professionally where 
clearly Google's gotten very confused about what their LinkedIn profile means. And they'll pick some random part of their profile, like a recommendation from, like you said, 10 or 15 years ago. And you're like looking at someone who's a VP at a bank and there's a, a recommendation, you know, clearly written when they were a baker in college or something completely off off track. And that's an easy one to fix because I think a lot of times what's happening is you have people who, you know, are, are going to spend five seconds looking at your search results. And the last thing you want them to do is come away with an impression of it's unclear who Chris Bosch or Josh Green is. You want it to sort of tell that consistent story there. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's interesting how that whole thing worked. It used to be really social media was the key to it all, but then it seems like some of these other different things have gone on. Uh, you know, there's, there used to be this whole gaming that SEO people would do, and it seems like they were constantly chasing it. You know, one week you're like, hey, I got to have backlinks. And the next week they're like, no, you don't have to have backlinks or something. I'm just making stuff up, people. Don't quote me. And and uh, has that stabilized at all where it's not it's not as elusive? or is it it, It's funny. Um, I mean, there's sort of the overarching North Star of you need to create good content that people are going to want to see, and that that tends to be rewarded. But I would say as we're heading towards the end of the year here, the last few months have seen more shakeups in Google results than we've seen in a long time. For example, there was there was a... So if I was answering this six months ago, I would say, yeah, it's, it's fairly stable at the moment. Now you're seeing things like user-generated content giving a huge amount of weight in Google. So if you think about yeah. it, you've probably seen more Reddit results in the Google search than you have at any time in the past decade. And that's an interesting experience for people because Google's clearly something in their algorithm has changed so that Reddit is getting more value because people were getting the idea that they could get authentic results from Reddit as opposed to a bunch of really optimized copy. And what's been sort of funny about that is sometimes you're getting Reddit threads that are a decade old and they, they may very well be user generated, but that doesn't mean they're good. It just means they're yeah. user generated. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my biggest frustrations usually in search is trying to, like, I'll get something on, I don't know, how to adjust the Windows setting or some, you know, some something where you're just searching for, I don't know, a computer thing or something, and it will serve you, like, something, and you're like, wait, this is from 2015. This is from a whole different Windows version. Why is this ranking top? And it can be really annoying that way. Yeah, I think that's why you're seeing both the Google results fluctuate so much as they're trying to nail this. I also think it's why you're seeing like YouTube and TikTok and Reddit be places people are starting to go for some searches. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's a really challenging search experience with Google changing the results all the time. So it, you know, is, is actually a pretty good time to be an SEO as you're trying to figure out what's causing all these changes. But for a consumer, like you said, if you're just trying to find an answer to a specific question, it can it can be maddening. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're trying to find something on your 2022 car, there's no reason you should have 2019 results. It's it's you know, but they do show up. Yeah, it it, it can be maddening sometimes. So I know we mentioned Reddit, and I know Reddit had this big kerfuffle probably with partially Google search, but also with ChatGPT's AI systems that evidently just started scraping their site. And they were 
they were probably not too happy about it, evidently, from what I understand, because, you know, they basically, I mean, basically what ChatGPT is, is to scrape the internet for free, and now it's reselling it back to you. <laughs> so how do you see AI affecting Wikipedia, SEO, the, you know, these, these, uh, these ChatGPTs and, and other sort of forms of AI? I, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how it shakes out. I think it's definitely the wild, wild west right now. You can see, you know, I'm, I'm sure Reddit has some terms of service if you visit their site that no one's ever paid attention to, but probably they say things like you can't copy the entire site. So it, it reminds me a little bit of the start of Uber where the first movers sort of just breaks all the rules and sees what sees what happens down the road. I think it it is going to have an impact on everything. You're you're seeing some of that now on the search side of things. It's definitely improving the floor of like content. So now even your crappy no human being is ever going to read this. We're just creating this so it might rank in Google and get a couple of clicks is going to look a little bit better. So that's you know, going to have an impact. And also, I think there's going to be, uh, to use a financial expression, the the flight to quality where people are going to continue to look for authenticity and brand names they know and recognize because it's so easy to just come up with random content about anything at this point. Especially if AI, you know, using AI to generate stuff. You know, Amazon's seeing a huge problem right now where people are basically taking travel books and just running them through an AI, AI system, making them unique enough, I guess, to skirt copyright in some way. And they're flooding Amazon with the travel books and I guess other books now too. Literally, they're going to, I mean, they're just going to turn, you know, if you have a, a book like mine, Beacons of Leadership or or anyone else has got a you know genuine book that they actually wrote, you know it's you're gonna get buried. I'm I'm just kind of thinking from an author aspect. I'm like, you know, it's kind of like it's gonna be like you know trying to be like back in the day when you were Black Sabbath, and now there's Spotify and YouTube, and every guy who's got a guitar now is flooding the channels with everything and noise to where people are like, who was that one band? You know that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's partially Amazon's running into the same thing that, that Google has in that if your results keep getting worse, at some point you're going to lose some of your, your market leadership. I think mm -hmm. what you're seeing with sort of the fake books is, is in some ways a natural extension of for a while Amazon has rewarded knockoff products for things, right? If you try and go, if I try and go and buy a weight set, there's probably, you know, 20 weight sets that are all more or less identical, just trying to see who can win a keyword optimization game. And you don't see a normal description of here's a 20 pound weight. You see, here's a 20 pound weight for weightlifting, gym, women, men, 40 year old, 50 year old, like any keyword into the description where they're almost unreadable at this point. And I think you're going to see, you know, where Amazon's essentially outsourced to the marketplace. Hey, you figure it out, which one of these things you want to buy and hopefully reviews won't be too fake. And now they're doing it with, with sort of the books too, where people are just, I'm going to write a synopsis and of a book and sell it and see, you know, if people don't complain, I'll make some money off of it. 
Yeah, I've seen this hijacking of uh, one of the things I, I subscribe to is I have Audible that I, 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 I read a lot of books on Audible and they seem to, they seem to filter the, the summer, they, they do these summary books. And there's a company called Everand. They were they were named something just before it, but it's also like an Audible, but cheaper. You pay a monthly fee, and there's a lot of books on there that you can get that you you don't have to pay money. You you just get them for free because you pay the monthly, and usually like older older books. <clears throat> and so, one thing I noticed on that new site that's not Audible is there's a lot of these summary books. So it's like, you know Robert Greene's book Forty Laws of Power. There's like 10 different summary books that people have, I don't know how they've scraped it or copyrighted. I don't know how they skirted all that. I mean, there is some copyright function and parody, but I think it's harder for print. And it, so they've, they've put out like all these, these flooding of books. In fact, if you go try and be, if you go pull 48 laws of power, you get like all this variation. You're just like, did Robert Greene write all this crap? And that's uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to get Robert Greene's actual opinion on this, given he wrote the book on it. But, you know, labor's cheap in a lot of places, and, and clearly people are trying to figure out how they can, you know, capitalize on the value of, of someone else's intellectual property. And, you know, if you're Robert Greene, it's probably not going to be worth it to try and shake chase down every one of these because like you said you're going to get into some sort of copyright argument but it does seem if you're you know amazon or audible there there's a point where you're going to lose your audience right if mm -hmm. i if i'm logging on to audible and i'm like oh here we go again i gotta wade through four things to find the right one or if i'm on amazon and i'm like oh great i bought you know i've got you know the the Wii game that is in no way related to what I was actually trying to buy at a certain point, you're going to on the margins, they're going to start losing stuff, which is really mm -hmm. not ideal in the meantime, when we're right here and now, but I, I think it does highlight that online reputation is, is just going to get thornier because right. If you're Robert green, some percentage of people might read those books, listen to those books and not get, whatever was the definitive version of your work. <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, travel, yeah, but it could be anything. So when you're, when you're not appearing right in search and, you know, I mean, it, there's the old joke that if you're, if you want to bury a body or a lot of bodies, you just put them on the second, third pages of Google because no one will ever see them. I guess you could say people are lazy, but that's just how they are. How do you fix these things and on Google and Wikipedia search results? Is there a hotline I can call or a place I can send a C and, a C and D? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, I have a P.O. box where if you send some cash, yeah. it'll, it'll... Oh, yeah. I'll meet yeah. you in an alleyway. Yeah. Buy a watch um, from you. So it, a lot of times it depends on the situation. But, you know, you, you hit on something earlier when you mentioned the, the backlink situation. Because what I do think happens is people tend to assume that they've got good content and that's all they need to rank well because it's mm -hmm. sort of made its way into pop culture. If you write a great article on, I don't know, the best way to, to get a dishwasher into your house, that should rank well. But that ship has sort of sailed. Now Google's taking into account what site is it on, how many people 
are finding that useful. So it's some combination of backlinks and social traffic and other things. And oftentimes when people are, are disappointed about their results, it's a function of they've done part of the equation. But just like anything, if you opened a store, you probably would need to get some awareness to it. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing with writing articles. If you write an article, you're sort of screaming into a vacuum unless you happen to be writing that article for the New York Times. And that's, that's where the backlinks, the awareness, the press, all of those things will play a role in terms of how you're ranking. There you go. That's, why I, that's, why I, that's what we do on Fridays around here. We scream into a vacuum. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Let's try it sometime. The, uh, in, in, in running your business... What it, what do you what's it like running an ORM an online reputation management agency? Tell us what the entrepreneur sort of journey is there. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's probably pretty similar to the the universal entrepreneurial journey, especially if you think about agencies as as pretty analogous to consultancies. There's always that sort of optimization piece you're trying to hit when you're running the business between finding new work and actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, and dealing with staff capacity to do the work as well. So a lot of times you're, you're figuring out which part you're working on at any given time because there's sort of the operations of the business. There's bringing in new business. There's making sure that you're delivering really, really good work for the clients that you are currently working with. Mm -hmm. So there's usually one of those areas that I'm stressing about depending on which day of the week, which hour it is in particular. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So uh, owning an entrepreneur is, is uh, still a challenge these days, evidently. Is, is this something you would advise people going to? Probably not to compete with you, I imagine, but uh, do you think it's a good career path and, and uh, you, see it, you see it continue to expand and be burgeoning business? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I think the reputation business is is probably evergreen. That the question is, what what format does it take? Right, fifty years ago, people were worried about what was getting printed in newspapers and how they could impact it. Fifty years from now, people may be wondering how they deal with the AI hologram of themselves that's, that's showing up. Um, <laughs> So I, I think there's there's always opportunity. I think there is a great opportunity if it's something that you're interested in to, mm -hmm. to be able to explore to some of the technical stuff that's going on. I think there's probably you know more opportunity now than there's ever been because right AI and, and ChatGPT's only been out a year at this point as we're talking. So there aren't a lot of people who are definitive experts or who have tons of experience in it. So if you can learn some of these new things that are out there, really, then the question is, where do you apply them? It might be in the reputation management field. It might be mm. that you figured out a way to, to use it in terms of running that pet shop. Maybe there's a way to, you know, create a diagnostic to figure out what's ideal for your pet in terms of food or medical care. I mean, there's, mm. there's definitely all kinds of capabilities that people are just beginning to explore. So certainly if you're interested in doing something on your own, um, there are a lot of tools that'll help make that possible. And at the same time, if you're, if you're looking at the corporate world, I think you can use a lot of these tools to, to really improve what you're able to do 
you know, in terms of either capabilities or things that you can bring to your job, you're seeing a lot of that sort of repetitive first year work in a lot of industries is, is now starting to take place at a higher level because some of it you can do online as opposed to, to maybe needing to put in 18 hour days to get to a certain level of competency. So that's sort of a nice change that's coming and probably a nerve wracking one as well. Definitely nerve wracking. It's the technology now is moving so fast. I don't know how anybody keeps up with it. I mean, it's just, it's basically crazy. All stuff's out there. Does LinkedIn play a part in anything? I mean, LinkedIn seems to have had a, a quite the resurgent. You know, there's a powerful place to be. I see you've got the Mather Group newsletter over there that's doing well. We've got the Chris Voss Show newsletter and then my newsletter under Chris Voss that just grows like a weed. Is LinkedIn making a factor at all? <clears throat> Very much so. I, I think you're seeing almost everyone in a professional capacity is, is on LinkedIn in some way. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a very large network. It hasn't totally become overrun with spam. So that's, you know, nice for at least the next six months. And then I'm sure it's going to continue and, you know, they, they keep trying to do things with the mailboxes on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can reach an awful lot of people if you can be in front of whatever their algorithm is trying to prioritize. I think, in this year, we've seen that that their newsletters and their LinkedIn live stuff really can deliver some some substantial bang for the buck. And if you're trying to do thought leadership, it's really where you should be. You just need to make sure you're doing it well. You're doing something that's value add for people mm -hmm. uh, because you're starting to see the proliferation of people posting stuff that looks very much like they got it right off of an AI generator and they didn't bother to proofread it, which yeah. is you know, kind of risky as well, because if professionally people are like, oh, they copied their term paper, you know, or they just pasted AI driven content in, that's not going to go so well. But if, you know, if you're doing well at putting content out there, yeah, I think LinkedIn is, is huge right now, especially in a lot of industries where, you know, there are a couple of trade publications, but not much else. So, yeah. Yeah. It it seems yeah. to be really the, you know, back in the day, it was always the joke that Twitter was the bar, Facebook was your home, and LinkedIn, you think, out of your office. And it does seem like a lot of the spam got cleaned up there, at least somehow I've, I've, I, I did do a whole sort of inventory where I got rid of all the people and unfollowed people that were, you know, posting like dog pictures on there. And you're just like, you know, hey, I love your dog, dude, but <laughs> this isn't, right. you, know, you don't bring your dog work unless it's a, you know one of those things or something I don't know. but uh, so give us your final pitch out as people go out what, what sort of client do you work with how much you know is there a certain amount of sales or income they need to have you know revenue generation they need to have to work with you and and how can they handshake you get to know you and build and build a relationship with you yeah absolutely so as we've discussed we're focused on online reputation management mostly help it, helping bigger companies who have reputation issues on Google or Wikipedia with how they can solve them, how they can improve them. And a lot of times we're working with people at, at companies that are over a hundred million plus in revenue, mostly because they're the ones that have a public profile that's, that's important to them and impacts them or the market cap of their companies. And happy to chat with, with anyone about it. You can find us at the Mather Group LLC on 
LinkedIn, on our website, in a variety of the social places. And we do a lot of webinars that people can come to and, and really talk through whatever kind of situation they might be having. So always happy to chat and appreciate you having us on to talk today, Chris. I appreciate coming on. So give us people your .com so they can onboard and, and reach out to you guys. Sure. We're at the Mather Group LLC.com and Mather's spelled M-A-T-H-E-R. There you go. And there'll be a link on the Chris Voss show for the SEC, for the SC, for the SEO. My brain's cracking there. I don't know what the hell's going on. So thank you very much. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this all with us. And uh, it's something we all need to focus on, don't we? Yeah, it makes a big difference. And thank you again for having me on today. Thank you very much, Josh. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ernest, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Chris Voss won on the tickety talkity. What is there? The Chris Voss YouTube, or it's YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and then uh, Chris Voss Facebook.com if you want to talk to us on the Facebook groups over there. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.